I always like to drop a little Kane Brown on the montage every now and then. It was one of my, uh, I took one of my daughters to that concert. And I thought, uh, if I were to ask, uh, what country concert not named Garth Brooks was your favorite country concert? Kane Brown was a good show because I see Carrie Underwood is coming to the uh, the Alaris. Alaris, yeah, yes. oh, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be. I have not gone to one, but I've heard Eric Church puts on a yep. hell of a show. I have I, not seen Eric. Yeah, Church he's either. amazing. Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah. Kane Brown was good because he's got a great story. Plus, he's got mm-hmm. uh, you know he's got the voice on that. So I'm kind of a Kane Brown guy. You know, I saw live at. at and I'm not a big fan of like some of his newer stuff, but so I guess this might have been like 14 years ago, 15 mm-hmm. years ago. It was like Keith Urban was really good live. Oh, I bet you he would be very talented. Luke individual. Combs would be another one. Yeah, I would like to see I'm that. A, I'm a fan of Luke Combs, you, who was very good live because he's a lot of fun as Billy Currington. He's he's uh, yep. he's. I really, just really have good. not. I've, I've really realized that I have not been to a lot of country concerts, excluding you know a, a, a wee fest, which counts. But you know, you're in a lawn chair by a porta potty, and you're not locked <laughs> yeah. in. I'm, I'm, well, that, <laughs> that's where I saw Eric Church even, actually. Oh, did you? And Keith Urban, but but you were sitting and in, in focus, right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. I wasn't. I mean, because we went there, we drove there from the lake and took the bus. We weren't okay. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I mean, my idea of camping is, you know. Right, you know, which getting three room keys instead of just two. Yeah. It's a great to get. You know, it's a great, it's a great Jim Gaffigan. My parents never took me camping. Why? Because they loved me. It's a great Gaffigan I mean, line. I guess when I had my ice castle, it was about the closest That's thing. That's good. As far as I'm going to get. I've thought it. My was we used to go camping when I was a kid, and yeah. for a couple summers we did. South Turtle Lake between Battle Lake and Underwood, Ottertail County. Did, 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 thumb, thumbs up? Oh, yeah. I, okay. It, it was great. The thing I like, you know, when you're you know, 9, 10, 11, and you're going, I'm here, you know, I was an only child. I'm an only child. So right. It's like, you know, and there were other kids in the, in the that were around the resort and stuff. It's like, none of my friends are here. Yeah. Right. This like, I no, this is, right. I'm the only <laughs> one here. It's, just, how much can you whittle? Right. I mean, well, how, how much basketball too. can I play on this poop, 20-year-old right. hoop? I mean, right. And I wasn't an only child, but it's not like I really wanted to hang out with my sister who was three years younger than yeah. me either, you know? Yeah. So to, you try to make do with what We're you We're really have. dissing camping out of the gate on a Wednesday. No, on the I, Jack mean, well, well, not really. I think it's just what you've experienced growing up because the times we would do, we put the tent up and it rained like every time, yeah. you know? So Camping's one of those things that sounds fun when you're planning and loading the car and you're off to the woods and oh look ma there's a yak oh is that a bear dad is that a bird there's then, a yak well <laughs> i'm not sure i've never would, come across a you yak haven't seen in my a travels yak. i was thinking of maybe northern minnesota <laughs> well i'll tell you what when i was because uh, like two of the last three four weeks i have uh been in a in, in a van going through northern minnesota to ely and then last week up to uh, not once if virginia you, you have not encountered a yak anywhere near proctor or the no, iron range uh, no we did not come across any I th- we're getting close or... on deer season. That's yeah. I saw a lot of signs. If I go by, if you go by the road signs, Tim Walls is going to get about nine votes between Park Rapids yeah. and uh, if, if, and Virginia. Luckily, in Hennepin and Ramsey County, <laughs> <get> plenty, <laughs> but... if the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers, were hunters last night, they would not have hit an animal oh, for a time. It was. A, did yeah. you see some of that late? I did not. So well, they I, got, well they I mean, got, they what? just couldn't get. I mean, it just seemed like they were just ice. Then they heated up a little bit was, in, the, in the fourth. But that's to, not a good team. I was going to go to bed. Then I heard Kevin Harlan was doing the game. I thought, I'll that's to exactly that. right. You had Harlan so, and Reggie Miller on yeah. that. And Golden State, you know, I get it. Their luxury tax payroll is like $200 million they're going to pay. So <laughs> it's like a, a half a billion dollar team that you're watching with Golden State. 
But Poole is good. Then that whole Poole and Draymond Green thing going on, but yet they've learned to play nice in the sandbox together on the same team. You know, Steph is Steph. Wiggins just looks like a right complementary fit to Golden State. And, and you know, you, you go through Green and you bring in Poole. It's just like Golden State has got waves of talent coming at you. Correct, Brad? Did you see some of that? There yeah, waves I mean, of talent oh, coming it just at seems you. Like, and, and that it's is the fair. perfect spot for Wiggins. He's just – the Wolves asked – too much from him, yeah, and he's just the complimentary player. He making twenty seven a year, and yeah. uh, and just in, gonna enjoy you know, how many the, fingers do you have to put a ring on? To, yeah, you're not asking him to be a superstar. Just fill the void, and that's a perfect spot. Chuck Barkley. <laughs> I mean, it's game one of the NBA season, and they go to halftime, and Bark and Chuck. Chuck just just this is the this is terrible. Westbrook's not happy. They're yeah. a brutal team. They're they, not yeah, going to win a thing. They, they need to get away from it. Yeah, they need to yeah come up. Yeah, well, that <laughs> has not been a good fit right though away. for over a year. So no, I think so. Defense of Barkley, he's going okay. We've seen this movie last yeah, year. He, he's it, right. He it, doesn't look like it, he's he's, no. he's thrilled. No, I mean there's some guys that we've enjoyed being superstars. That I think we can say that. Uh, their time has maybe passed. I think, you know, yeah. Westbrook might be one of them in the NFL. We've talked a lot about Russell Wilson now. And, you know, I, I think Aaron Rodgers still has a lot in the gas tank. It's just it seems mentally he's frustrated and it's that showing up. It's in the a field. good point with Wilson because LeBron is still LeBron, yet he's he's on the tail he's on the end of his career as yes. opposed to the beginning. And you sprinkle in a Westbrook on that, and it doesn't look like it it, it just looks like Two great guys playing a pickup basketball game with some other fellas when you watch the Lakers. That's what it appears to yeah. me. Oh, that's uh, fair. NBA talk coming out of the gate. We have Alan Horton on today. Nice. The, uh, yeah, voice of the uh, Timberwolves coming up. Uh, we'll talk about that. Mark Johnson, my good friend, Mark Johnson, uh, for Grand Forks native and uh, one of the biggest pipes and greatest voices in, in, in all of sport, joining us at around 1120, uh, excuse me, well, 1120 his time. 12.20 from Colorado oh today, mountain time. But uh, we brought this uh, this topic up uh, last week and then a little bit yesterday or a couple weeks ago that, uh, man, alive, If whether you're in Fort Collins or Boulder or where you are, but it's been a tough sledding for some of the uh, Colorado sports fans. Plus, you've got Joe Hurlbert, Enderlin, who is playing for the Buffs, a freshman for Colorado. And Mark is also the voice of the, the basketball team. So I thought, you know, we can kill like nine birds with one stone. Yeah. You know what Colorado is right now? And Travis Dunn talked about this on Friday when you were gone. It's all hockeyed up. It's yeah. Hockeyville, between USA, the, between right? The, between the Pioneers and the Avalanche. Yeah. So because yeah, the Broncos aren't very good. The yeah. Buffs aren't very good. The Rams haven't been good for a long time. Right. Yeah. The Rockies aren't very good. We'll talk about Not that. Sure about the Nuggets. We'll get into that. Uh, is this ironic or coincidental on this day in history? Well, first of all, it's Evander Holyfield's birthday today. Is that right? It is. He was born in 62, so he's that. Do you think he is maybe because he was sandwiched between, you know, right after Tyson and all that, we don't talk about Do him l- enough being one of the greatest of all time? Cause Evander I think, Holyfield? Yeah. yeah I, th- I think he bad. deserves to be in that category because yeah. he dominated most of the 90s. And I'm not going to yeah. Leon Spinks you here, too, but I think Leon Spinks from time to time yeah. kind of got pushed to the side. So it's Evander Holyfield's birthday. Also on this date in history, 1998, Mike Tyson got his boxing license back after he bit Evander Holyfield's wow. ear. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't think. I think wow. not. So it's Holyfield's birthday, and deal. on this day, Tyson got his uh, boxing license back <laughs> after fighting uh, Holyfield's here. Uh, ALCS, or NLCS, ALDS, yesterday, Stanton, Judge, Yankees, all of that, 5-1 final Yankees-Houston tonight. The game, though, 
if you like your pitching, you got you Darvish who has like 50 pitches that he throws. Have you ever seen this on graphics? They'll show the pitcher's uh, repertoire and choose, you know, maybe a fastball, curveball, slider, change. about four. And then they put you Darvish. Right, there's four. They put you Darvish's up and there's seven. Wow. Yep. You know, with his sink, with his all of this stuff going on. And he was effective, but Wheeler was just dealing too for Philadelphia and Kyle Schwarber's home run. <laughs> Holy cow. Right? I have not seen a ball get off a bat so quickly and so elevated and so gone. You heard in the cut of the montage. It was quite a crack. 119.7 exit velocity. But he is the swing hard in case you hit it. He's been that way since he was a Cub. Yep, for sure. And he's been swinging it pretty well and taking some free passes. That's a dangerous platter right there when you've got – you got those two going but, at it. So it's, well, uh, talk about Wheeler. Aaron Nola is going tonight, and Nola, they could be up two nothing. Really good. I mean, he's two solid starts. I was looking twelve and twelve and two thirds innings has not allowed an earned run, and they've got bullpen guys. You know, is also floating around in that uh, in that uh, pitching staff. Kyle Gibson. That, that's is right. that right? Yep. I did Kyle not realize that. Yep, he got traded from the Rangers. I think last year, but yeah, Gibby's still Gibby's still hanging around. Yeah, I think uh, so. With our ties to Coaster. I you know I I really don't have a pony in that race, but getting easier to cheer for Philadelphia, you know, getting easier to cheer for the Phillies here. I, but I'm not anti San Diego. No, I, I'm not anti San Diego because they are long overdue to finally get over the hump if they can right. do it. I mean, I, you know, going back to when the Tigers pounded them in 1984, and you know, right. I think that my college roommate, one of my best friends yeah. in the world, biggest Tony Gwynn fan you'd ever right. ever see. I think in your life. you know, when the Yankees destroyed them in the late 90s too, I do believe, right? So it's I will come out and say I think the Phillies are going to be this year's Braves, and they might Ooh. be. That's, that's I, a good I really, call. I think they've got they've got the pitching there, and they got they got Harper healthy. I just they just seem like they are assembled very similar to the to way Atlanta was last year. The uh, so we got a busy show today during our power hour here. I was looking at uh, you know a lot of stuff coming up at the front window tonight. High school football, Holly and Barnesville. Yes, the Holly, battle for Lee's paddle. Yep. If you were to choose one player, <laughs> I was. Sink into a question. Well, I think I know who Holly would pick. <laughs> is he playing? Is he <laughs> He's currently wearing, playing? Wearing number 82, 82 for the purple, for the right? Minnesota Vikings. Yes. That question was so easy. Derek finished it before I even asked it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the boy for Barnesville. Well, Mike, you know, Michael yeah. Strand. I don't know. There's a lot. If of, you were to choose one on either to come back, I mean, yeah. I think with this offense they're running, I think uh, a young, uh, a relative of mine might help. Tonsfeld, yes. Um, oh, yeah. Michael Strand and the wing T would probably be up there. Mm-hmm. Brady Tweetin would be right there. Oh, there the Zen Zen, though, would be. Zen Zen on the defensive side for sure would help out. The, young, could, yeah. the old, if you could bring the one, one Hunter. player. You could Kane's bring... pretty good himself with the Bison right now. So. <laughs> if you could bring one player back mode. You know, there, you, usually... that's a, I think it's a little tougher for my side because I think Ben's pretty obvious because yep. he's in the NFL, had a pretty good career at NDSU, yeah. and he destroyed us for three years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boy, there's a lot of we've had tail, but we've been pretty lucky with our tailbacks over the years. Yeah. That's for sure. But uh, I was a little shout out to the Minnesota. I was just going through the polls today. DGF is number two and three A. Yes. Sweet, and they've got Detroit Lakes tonight. That's gonna be a good game. Over. It should oh, be a really good game, really good matchup. Yeah, you know, it's interesting too, and because Holly, they got to be angry, and, and this would really be a nice thing for their season if they could go and you know, and beat Barnes on their home turf since the last time. Barnesville's lost in the home turf. I think that was 2016. 16 or seven. I, I, we were over for that game. I think. Yeah. Holly beat him in like a shootout. Yeah, it was that. either 16 or 17. And and uh, 
Holly's just had some tough luck because they had the number two team in AAA on the ropes only to lose 26 to 20. And they were up by a couple scores late in the game last week against Breckenridge and lost. So they're going to, they're going to be chomping the bit. They got a good defense. So this is going to be an interesting matchup here. That's a good Brad, by the way, if you get time, bring back some of that popcorn from Barnesville. All right. Yeah. It's maybe, it's it's maybe a little different at the football. It's a little different than than we got in the gym. Still one of my top four popcorn places of all time. Barnesville high. Now that we have the new gym, I mean, I don't know the whole configuration now with concessions is different. I suppose. New arena. We got to get you to do, high school game there just so you see the new digs it, it is and it is nice it, it, yeah and i haven't been in there since you drove me past it yes and, and it looked with a skyway now fantastic yes. yep. uh how good is south dakota state i don't know we're up against the clock and i got mark on the other side of this but here's what's happening during the course of this week because of social media and 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 everybody's trying to predict you know people are doing their shows or throwing out a statement or two tank and i uh, tank mcnamara and i were chatting this morning so tanks like jack what do you think and I said, well, I mean, you got, I have what my gut tells me. I have what my logical brain tells me. Try to play out a game. But it's, it's – and I get UND has been so effective in winning games at the Alara Center. For those of you that don't know, that, that's not exactly an easy building to go into and play. It is, it's, a, it's a tough building. I think NDSU was a, was a six-pointer with, with North Dakota State when they were rolling, you know, everybody else in the country. So I get it. It's not easy, too. But I don't want this to lend this week to think that South Dakota State is a 10-point underdog heading into Saturday. This is a really good football team yes. that's going to Grand Forks. So I get it. I've been reading some of the things on here, and if you're either John Stiglmeyer or Bubba Schreier, you're not paying attention to any of that because you don't want your, your players are just locked in. But I do believe that is going to be a very competitive game on Saturday. But I don't want this to lend itself to saying, you know, I think, do I think UND can win that football game? Without a question. Without question, I I think they can. But as I start diving deep into my South Dakota State and, you know, on on Stig's uh, presser yesterday, you know, they went and played Iowa. What was that? Seven to three, something like that. And I at, at seven Iowa. to three, two safeties two and safeties a field, and field goal. Just a thriller. <laughs> and uh, but the fact that they were there and, and certainly could have won that football game. The fact that you know Plaster Stadium is not an easy place to go in Springfield either, and went in and knocked that around. Fargo Dome, excuse me, that's, that's <laughs> it's an not understatement. Easy. Understatement to say it's not easy to get that win. And this is a team that's mature and and veteran leadership that's not worried about hostile environments, obviously. So, I mean, it lends itself to a great game. But I don't want this week to lend itself to going, well, maybe South Dakota State is should be an under. No, they've earned the right to be number one. Yep, I would hope so. And you got Tucker Kraft back, too. Yes. You know, so. Kind of buried the lead there to have, the, have their <laughs> you know, tight NFL caliber tight I end just, back. I am so anxious for that game to start just because I want to see. It's almost like at Christmas – and there it is. Brad looks under his tree, and there's that awkward-looking wrapped present. <laughs> and Betty says, son, you can open that up on Christmas Day. Yes. And son, you, you walk by that the, tree. Every, stop looking at that. You walk, and he, you might even shake that package a little bit. That Bradley, <laughs> don't, you know. Bradley Ryan, stop immediately. Stop immediately. It's, it's, that's the feeling I'm getting this week, going, I want to open that present now, but now you got to allow yourself to yeah. wait to see what happens, right? No, it's, it's uh, well, and if one thing... I think if it's a close game, no matter how it goes, makes November nineteenth so intriguing. It, right? it does, it, I mean, and not that it won't be already, but yeah, you know, it's it's just a bridge. If they, it, if they can get the upset over the Jacks, then it's really going to be talked about. Yeah, I mean, we, we can sit here and talk to a blue in the face about is it a bigger win for one than a, than a potential bigger loss for another, 
and all of this. Well, it's tough to get in that argument because you can't play out past this right. week. Well, then you got next week, and you don't want the hangover. All right, you just can't right. play yeah. play out past it. So I'm kind of I'm, I'm obviously excited. We talked yesterday how big uh, a lot of games going on, and, and then we'll we'll see how it all plays out this week. Come back, uh, the state of Colorado. I think so. Yeah, Mark Johnson going to get the big pipes of Mark on coming up next if he's not out killing pheasants. And I think he did that yesterday. So we will uh, harvesting, not harvest. You harvest deers, you you hunt pheasants. Well, you are killing them. I mean, you. you well, technically, yeah. I mean, they're not breathing after you're done. No, no. Okay, that will we'll do that. Safe to say. The Jack Michael Show, Derek Hanson, Brett Anderson at seven forty. The fan. Airporting our man Mark. Uh, hopefully, uh, he's in cell service. Might be at the compound there up there in the Boulder. Mark Johnson joining us. Hopefully, Jordy Allen Horton, voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves, the play-by-play man, Wolves in action tonight. They kick off their season against Oklahoma City. The Thunder. Alton Horton joining us around eleven forty or twelve forty. I'm still on my mountain time zone. Twelve forty. <laughs> You're not in Williston. It's like anymore. I'm back in Williston. You know, I do it. every time on Keys Radio when I was doing the like the noon show, and I go back for college. You'd be like twelve twenty Central, eleven twenty Mountain. Egg up, corn down five and five eight. <laughs> and I'd be doing. So I had to get that out. Lee taught you he well. Like Lee, Lee taught me well. He was. Everything was the markets. Wheat unchained down five and a nickel. Corn down. Yes, I would do. Steve is online too. You can get involved in the program 237 3767 or 888 458 6926. Steve, thanks for taking time on a Wednesday. What's up today, man? Jack, first of all, I want to tell you what you and Derek and Brad need to open your own radio station because the music you play on 740 as a fan is kick butt. Hey, we like that already. <laughs> Give that guy a prize. Brad, yeah. what do we have? Two tickets to carry out? Thanks for the call. I uh, thought Steve was just a, fast, uh, a fan of Fast Times at Ridgemont High with that last bumper music. You <laughs> just you came back in. Um, a couple areas to go with here. Uh, we mentioned yesterday that today's college athletic scene, we mentioned about how coaches not only have to recruit the players that they have as well as players that they want in. I have, and I'm not going to name names or systems or whatnot. I've been around as this transfer portal has been so large where players have gone up because maybe someone else has been in their ear. Uh, would it be a parent, another coach perhaps, or somebody else has been in someone's ear? Or a family advisor. Family advisor saying, look, uh, you know, this might be a better spot for you. You can go over there. And and have said player do sit-downs with, with whomever and, and say, well, I'm just not, I'm not thrilled about how I'm being used in the system. We're, in fact, being used extremely well. So the, I, I, I don't know what the cases are 
certainly to this to what Steve is talking about. But I know that now the voices that are in student athletes' ears now are coming at times from a multitude of sources. Does that yeah. make sense? It's funny. I'm catching up on Friday Night Lights, a TV series. I haven't, you know, I didn't finish the whole series. I loved it up until like the last two seasons. And it just makes me think of that. This is before the, all the rules changed, too, you know, when this was set. And the, the young man, you know, the uh, Michael B. Jordan plays the quarterback who's getting all these offers. And the, sure. and the dad who's just out of jails, he's getting his influence. And yeah, and it's just, it's, it's just a spiral of things. There's just so many things going on here. I made my stance on this. I, I think that they have to look at it with this transfer portal as you can transfer, but you can't get a scholarship. I, I just think you have to pay your I, – because I – and that might lead into more NIL stuff that's a little bit more unscrupulous. I, I, I get that, but I don't know what you do. It, this has gone so far the other way, Jack. Is there a domino effect that we uh, that is could be taking effect at, at some places? A domino effect meaning you know one has gone, moved on, and performed well, and maybe got drafted. You know, another goes on, goes another thing, plays well higher visibility or playing in a different town. One lead, you know, regards to North Dakota State, with, with what Phoenix, uh, you know, announced, you know, I'm sure just looking internally at whatever his best options are, and he's suffered through injuries. I don't know. I read I read his, uh, you know, I guess Twitter it yeah. came out. So it's sincere. Wanted Pretty to get heartfelt, a degree. I thought. Pretty yeah. heartfelt, yeah. yeah. But is there a – do you feel that there is potential domino effects? Because this is happening at every, every school. Pick your school and, and you know, every school and – high-profile guys, and for some reason or another, either being wooed from maybe maybe a coach that has moved on from another from an institution to another institution and word gets down the the, the pike that maybe – I don't know. Uh, Steve brings up a valid point, though. Uh, or he brings up a point. I don't – unless you're in that inner circle, you know, if it, why, do, why do players leave? From but from my standpoint, playing time, playing time's big. You know how you use. Oh, Brad yeah. Anderson is a great back, but you feel you're you're getting a third of the carries that you feel. As selfish as that feels, because it, now you've just put yourself in front of a team. But we live in the aspect nowadays where many are. And again, I'm not saying this anybody specific. But why do players leave? Why do players, student athletes, excuse me, enter the transfer portal? What would be the top three or four reasons? I think playing time is a big thing, how they're treated by the coaches. You know, uh, maybe they decided to change majors. They want to go to specialty. If you're thinking non-athletic type of stuff, I mean, that's – They're homesick. Yep, that type of thing. That exposure, uh, maybe – Or perceived higher exposure. Now, if you're one school here, you're getting pretty good exposure. I was going to say, (laughs) if you had recruiting problems here with – as many guys are in the NFL compared to some other areas, I I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's awfully tough. So, and, and I don't know, I can't, you know, if, if again, it, it is, in talking to collegiate coaches, it is their number one, it, it's a thing. You have, it's so tangible how you have to not only recruit uh, student athletes to come in, but you have to do to, to keep. You know, do we have the big... Uh, we do. Do Let's, we have an intro for this we guy? We certainly do. He'd be good to talk to. Colorado, Rocky Shotgun step, Montez, same play, that screen to Shea Fields on the right side. He breaks it around the block, running at the 45. It's a foot race, and they're not going to get him. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown, Colorado! Rocky Mountain High.
Something about John Denver that just makes things peaceful after talking about transfer portals and all that. My dear friend and brother, uh, Mark Johnson, uh, joining us today on the Jack Michael Show. Jack here, Derek and Brad. Mark, how you doing, friend? Well, fantastic. I'm sorry I missed your call initially. I was picking up the granddaughter. So if, uh, if you hear uh, young in the background hollering and screaming about something, uh, just, just be aware. It might be coming. <laughs> We've come a long way. I was just telling Brad <laughs> off air, I said, you know, when I first started out, in broadcasting, and you, Mark, uh, you were doing stuff in, in in Grand Forks, and I remember my first yep. real gig here in Fargo Moorhead when my my boss said, "I said, can I do the state basketball tournament?" And my boss said, "By all means." And then my second question is, "Can I get anybody I want to do it with?" And the first call, Mark Johnson. Second call, Juno Fintar. And those the three amigos yep. went to bed. Remember that, Mark? Oh, there's no doubt about it. And you know, and before that, now when you and I were coming up in high school, yeah. Now we're on opposite ends of the state, but you know, we ended up playing in the Lions All Star game together. And I, you knew of me, and I knew of you, obviously. But we never played against each other in high school. But got to know each other in the Lions All Star game, and next thing you know, we're doing that state championship with Juno and you and I, <laughs> right. and, and having a good time. Uh, and here, here, things on the air, and here we are. And here we'll tie everything together. By the way, since we were just talking, we had a caller in talking about North Dakota State. They've had some men enter the transfer portal, Mark, which obviously you're familiar with as the voice of, of Colorado, it happens. But to tie all this together, so, Johns, we ended up playing in a like an AAU basketball team together. Remember our coach? Randy Hedberg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Randy Hedberg was in a small by world, way, man. Yeah. Hey, that, that, that team we put together was, was loaded. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow, was that a good team. Tough to get a shot off. I had to tell Rick Hedberg to stop shooting a little bit, Ricky. We we all want a shot here. <laughs> Scotty Deutsch, I mean, come on. Doug Schlick was 6'8 on the <laughs> south. Oh, there my. wasn't a guy in that team that ever played a lick of defense, but we outscored everybody. Every point was like, every game was 142 to 131. Anyway, that's <laughs> it. Uh, Mark, we won't keep you long. We were, Derek and Brad and I were kind of chatting about how Colorado has a little, the hockey is up, and, and like, yeah. I know that you're coming off a win, I think, against Cal as the voice of the Buffs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it hasn't certainly been a season that you, you know, you, you were hoping for, and you got time to, to, to do some damage here. Uh, coming up, and, and for that matter, in Fort Collins, things aren't aren't so great over there too. But you know, that's that's kind of one of the things we wanted to, to to reach out and chat with you about. Well, that and, and you know, you can throw the Denver Broncos in there as well. And, and the Broncos, oh my goodness, embarrassing for goodness' sake. So here you've got a, a state that has been well known for football for a long, long time with you know Super Bowls for the Broncos, national championship for Colorado. Right now, you've got uh, between Colorado and Colorado State, you've got two wins. The Broncos are two and four, and have lost was it three or four in a row at this point. And so, yeah, so this is, you know, we're, we're starting to think we're kind of hockey town USA around here with the uh, Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanches. It's really kind of sad. And, and, and things have got to change. Let, let's hope, from my standpoint, doing the buffs, you know, they're looking for a new coach right now. Let's hope they find somebody good to get this thing turned around because it, it's been brutal for, you know, the last number of years around here. We brought up the Broncos, Mark. Uh, what is the pulse of Denver right now? Shouldn't have made the move with Russell. Uh, hold on. We're good. We'll be fine once this uh, engine starts rolling. Well, what is the feel right now? Well, I think, you know, it's interesting after that game on Monday night and in which Wilson did not play well in the second half again. We've seen a lot of inconsistencies. Uh, the game here a couple of weeks ago where he missed a wide-open receiver that would have been a game-winner. You know, and so people are, are basically saying, you know, what's going on here, number one, with, with Russell Wilson? Number two, did the Broncos jump the gun on giving him a quarter of a billion-dollar contract? Ooh. They didn't have to do that now. They gave him a 240-some-odd million-dollar contract. They could have waited. Remember, he had still had two years left on his deal from Seattle. They could have waited at least until the end of the season to kind of gauge where he's at then 
and then decide if you want to give him, you know, two hundred fifty thousand or million dollars rather. Mm. And, and so people are kind of wondering, maybe they jumped the gun on that a little bit. Did it sound good, Derek, going in, Brad? Did it sound good going in? And now you're kind of now you're thinking, ooh. Buyer beware, not a right well, fit. As a Viking fan, has been destroyed by Russell Wilson his whole career. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that was a pretty good move. I mean, I was looking for a Cousins for Russell trade there for a while, but no. But uh, seeing how he uh, certainly has struggled this year, it's it's shocking. I I didn't think he'd drop this fast. I uh, really didn't. He he, does, he just does right now. It uh, it looks forced, Mark. Like Russell's just forced right now. It looks like he's forcing himself out there to be great. You know, the folks that, that, that I've talked to in the NFL, especially around Seattle, said that he was always at his best, you know, when he was moving and, and improvising a little bit. Now, one thing I know is he's getting to be an older quarterback. I know he's not old, but he's, you know, he's been in the league for 10 years now, he is to be more of a pocket guy and, and you know, Manning type, Brady type. And, and so there's some thought that maybe he's struggling with that concept of it. Now, if you watch that broadcast on Monday night, Troy Aikman had some pretty sharp criticism for Russell Wilson about him not seeing things and missing things. And so, you know, we're still here trying to figure out exactly why that is. Is it, is it something that he was never able to do? Is there a drop-off happening? Is he still getting accustomed to the new offense uh, from Nathaniel Hackett? Uh, you know, so there's, there's all kinds of possibilities out there. But right now, it's, you know, the way sports fans are, you're going to get a panic mode at this point, sitting at, at two and four, when the thought was coming in after wandering in the wilderness without a quarterback for a number of years to get an all-pro level guy like this, now to have him playing this way, there's a lot of panic setting in here at the Mile High City. Just a couple of minutes remaining with Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffs, uh, joining us today uh, prior to him making lunch for his granddaughter. I'm sure pheasants involved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I don't I know. Get some yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Hunter, on this. Uh, and last but not least, you know, because I'm sure there'll be times down the road we can talk about the shakeup and those that you know what the Pac-12 is going to look like. We'll save that yep. for another time. Uh, you've got a kid named Hurlberg. Brother went to you know Gus on the Northwestern. Uh, uh, Joe yep. to Colorado. Brad, I don't know how many times you've you've broadcast a Hurlberg game. A by lot. The, quite a bit. <laughs> going out there, but uh, for the folks in this part of the world, Mark, uh, it, you know, is there a uh, a little update on Joe, his progression, his thought. Will he redshirt? Will he get any minutes? Uh, what are you, your thoughts on Joe Hurlberg who will be playing for Tad Boyle? Well, at this point, I, I think he's going to get some minutes. And the number one thing that struck me, it, it did when he, when he and his parents came on a visit, and you know, Tad called me up, called up uh, me right away as soon as he started recruiting Joe, and and uh, also uh, Austin Default, of course, North Dakota guy, and right. and we all talked with uh, with the Hurlberg family. But when they were on campus and at a game one night, I wouldn't talk to him. But the thing that strikes you when you see Joe is. Holy cow, that's a good-looking body. I yeah. mean, that, that is an NBA-looking body. Broad in the shoulder, narrow in the hip, you know, 6'10", 6'11", and, and he's a highly skilled guy. So it's all, we saw this the last year. We had a seven-footer out of Cheyenne. For big guys, you make that kind of leap in level of play. It always takes a little while for them to catch on. Last year, the seven-footer had his moments, struggled, looks like a different player in his second season. I think they're kind of expecting the same thing for Joe. They, they think he's got a huge upside. But it takes a while to figure it out, and all of a sudden, the way the speed and the size that he's going to face now. And so, I think they're real excited about him. I just, I just don't know that he's going to carry heavy minutes in this as freshman season. Mark, this, and then we'll let you go. Uh, you and I have a, have a mutual friend, dear friend. I played with his brother in, in, in junior college. But you know, when Les Jepsen uh, was heading to, to Iowa, you know, six eleven, seven foot, kind of like the outside, not a back to the basket yep. guy. It almost feels like you just described a little bit about about that. And of course, Les carved out a pretty good career. Yeah, exactly. But with those kind of guys, because of what they'll have to face at different times, you know, and, and Joe's got the ability to handle the ball, he can shoot the ball, uh, and, and all the skills you're looking for, but he's going to have to go in there and bang with big bodies. 
uh, in the Pac-12. And, and so that's going to take some time because the physicality is, is every time I've seen one of these big guys come to a play at this level, that's the thing they really struggle with initially is how big and strong everybody is. And they've got to learn, learn to absorb that contact and then obviously spend a lot of time in the weight room. So he, I think I'm really excited about him. Number one, he's a North Dakota guy. Number two, I think he's really got a fantastic ceiling on him. And so I can't wait to see what he, what he develops into over the course of time. Awesome. Where are you at this week at, at Oregon State? Is that where you go this week? Yep, Friday we take off for Corvallis. They're five and two, very physical team. Uh, be a heck of a challenge, but you know, with this new interim coach, a lot of excitement coming off a win. Who knows? I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Boy, Colorado still got Oregon, USC, and Utah in their schedule. Hello, Is that all? <laughs> oh, man, a lot. Yeah. Well, well, things are going to be rocking at the compound. I'll tell you that, Mark. That's a <laughs> hey, uh, brother. Thanks for joining us as always on short notice, too, Mark. Uh, enjoy that grandbaby, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, guys. Take care. Take care. The, the one and only Mark Johnson joining us today from Colorado. We'll come back. Uh, Wolves in action tonight. Their voice, Alan Horton, joins us next on 740 The Fan. My guess is Alan's been gargling with Listerine and eating lemons and uh, chasing it with water, and he's ready for basketball tonight. Alan Horton, the the wonderful, talented voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. You've got the game with Alan Horton on a brother station, 790 KFGO, what we call the Triple Towers of Power tonight. And this season will get underway Alan joins us now with uh, Jack here, Brad, and Derek. Hi, Alan. How you doing, bud? Jack, I am great. Great to be on with you guys. And, uh, yeah, another season is upon us. Uh, the only thing you missed was a little tea and a little honey mixed in. Ah, there. Those, yeah. are, those are the, extra, the, the other two things I need. The wonderful tea and honey. You ever feel like you over-prepare for a game? I know you're a big preparation guy, which we all should be, obviously, when you do play-by-play. But do, oh. you, ever, do you ever feel like you've just got too much information going into the season? All the time, all the time, you, you, especially when you do the broadcast alone, you don't really have a partner to rely on to maybe pick up some of the things that you might have missed. So there's always the fear of um, preparing and not hitting one of the storylines or not knowing something that you should have known. Um, and, and oftentimes, actually, it's a real battle, I think, because, you know, if you, if you do over prepare and you work yourself to the bone, um, you, you know, you're, you're tired the night of the game. When the game actually comes around, you're exhausted and maybe your brain isn't quite firing on all cylinders and we all get that right where you just have your brains just not you're not quite as uh, sharp as you need to be um and sometimes over preparation not getting enough sleep not staying hydrated not getting enough food in you good food in you um can can be a real can be a real problem i, I notice it when that happens it is a uh, and, and eric and brad will you jump in me of alan for just a little bit last year because it's easy to predict, you know, someone on our brother station asked me during a morning sportscast, Jack, how many wins for the for the Wolves? And I threw 47, jumped into my mind, and I almost got it right. It was 46. So this morning during a sportscast, Alan, said, Jack, you almost spot on last year. And I thought, can I just ride that for five years, being that close on one time? <laughs> and I said, you know, my answer this morning was like, somewhere in my mind, I see a deck of cards. And there are 52 cards in a deck, right? You know, and, and you've got some new cards added, Alan, to this year's team. Do you love the analogies here yep. and the metaphor? So I, I, I'm, I'm right with you. Thank you, right? And maybe some are aces. Some are just good, you know, jacks and queens and kings. And the, So my number was 52. <laughs> is 52 ludicrous? Is 52 out of reach? Or is 52 feel right for you, Alan, with this club? No, I think um, I think you're right on. I think um, we're talking about a 50, somewhere in the 50s. And I, and I think it's... You know, I like to look at it like um, the Wolves finished up seventh in offense last year, 13th in defense. And so you add Rudy Gobert to the picture, and, and, and I think you instantly become a top 10 defense. He's, he's that impactful. And um, his goal is to be a top three defense. So that would be a huge jump. Wolves have never had a top five defense in their franchise's 33-year uh, history. Um, and so, But I looked at teams 
that have been top 10 offense, top 10 defense. That's really good, right? You're top 10 in both. Um, that, that means you're winning games offensively. You can rely on your defense at times when the offense isn't there. So over the last 10 years, if, if you're top 10 offense and top 10 defense, you know, you average 55 plus wins a year and you're a top four seed. There you go. And basically a two or a two or a three seed. So if you're top 10 in both, that really speaks volumes about your success in the regular season. Again, postseason is a different animal, but regular season, top 10 in both, you're talking about mid-50s wins, and you're talking about home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Well, it's funny you said I was just going to say that, too, because you make a trade like the Gobert trade where you're giving up that much of your future, you have to be in that. I mean, it's it's a disappointing season if you're not, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the expectations have certainly been raised. I think the Wolves got um, – um, you know, got to last off season and, and they looked back on the year they had, they saw a lot of positive things, right? There was a big jump. It was making the postseason for the first time since 17, 18, you get 46 wins. Um, you probably should have finished off Memphis. Um, yet you had so many fourth quarter blown leads that, um, you know, Memphis proved to be the better fourth quarter team. That's for sure, because they dominated that final frame, um, and deserved to win. But I think the Wolves come out of there thinking, Hey, we, we were right there. Maybe we should have won that series. But they didn't rest on their laurels. They didn't say, let's just run it back and hope for some development within. You certainly hope that Ant and Jaden in particular can take that next step. But you go out and make a move um, to, to, to raise your talent level. And in the regular season, it's all about talent. I mean, you have more talent than your opponents. You should come out with the win. That's exactly what should happen tonight against Oklahoma City. It's exactly what should happen Friday night against Utah. It should happen twice against San Antonio. you got OKC in there again. Wolves have a really generous schedule to start. Easiest five games to open the season of any team in the league and the first 20 games there's they have the second easiest schedule so they must take advantage of that here against some of these bottom feeders but back to what they did in the offseason and adding rudy gobert adding kyle anderson who comes over from memphis austin rivers might be even out of the rotation but he's a really important guy already um his veteran leadership um has already has already shined through during training camp he's one of the leaders of this team maybe not on the floor but off the floor uh, Bryn Forbes is going to shoot the lights out of the ball this year. So it's um, they've raised their expectations, that's for sure. And, and you're right, because they have, to, they have to keep winning. Because the bet is that um, those picks that you gave up to Utah, uh, that you're hoping they're going to be bottom 10 picks. Utah's hoping they'll be top 10 picks. And maybe more specifically, Utah's hoping they're going to be top five picks, and the Wolves are hoping they'll be bottom five picks. And we'll see how it plays out. Do you think they're a deeper team? And I would imagine guys like Prince and Jalen Noel that they're gonna that role is gonna be increased. But do you think depth wise, they're just a deeper team than uh, than a year ago, Alan? Absolutely. I think there. I think there's some scenarios where you might not even see Nas Reed on the floor, and I think he's proven that he can be a backup big in this league. Um, there are going to be some. I don't. I don't know that Austin Rivers is in the rotation to start. There's, and I think they're deep mainly because of the development of guys like Nas Reed. Um, Jalen Noel and Jordan McLaughlin. We've now seen those guys for three or four seasons, and they've really developed into solid backups that you. we've now seen the product, seen what they do, did last year. We know it can work. We, we You put them in, you feel good about that. Then you add in Kyle Anderson and Bryn Forbes, um, and all of a sudden you've got, you've got more depth than you probably ever have going into a season. And that's saying something because you're so loaded up top with the talent of Gobert and Towns, um, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. Alan Horton, voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves in action tonight, uh, 7 o'clock to tip off, 6.30, sound right for that pregame show tonight on, on KFGO. To that point, Alan, uh, Edwards Towns, NBA MVP, but do the Wolves have two possible NBA MVPs 
on their hand, whether it be the near future or the next several years? And if so, what does it take to be that? Um, I think they do. And maybe not, like you said, not just for this year, but going forward. Um, I, I think Anthony Edwards has spoken about the fact that he wants to lead the league in steals. He wants to be all defense. He wants to be the MVP. He wants, he's got grand uh, visions of where he can go in his NBA career. And that's great. It's great to have those things and to strive for those goals. Um, he certainly has the game eventually to be able to, to, to maybe win an MVP. And I think Carl Anthony Towns is probably a little further ahead on that, um, on that, um, in that race to try to, you know, he's a little ahead of where Ant is, obviously just uh, Ant's only in his third season. But um, Carl's got the ability, you know, if he's so efficient with what he does offensively, and that's obviously a big part of the MVP is putting up the points. Um, it, and it's, there's always a battle, too. I mean, you'd love to see one of those guys compete for that and be mentioned, uh, but you also want to have that, that balance to your lineup, too. And you've got guys like Gobert. You've got to make sure D'Angelo Russell um, – is orchestrating things, and he's got the ball in his hands and making good decisions, not just feeding it to Towns time and time and time again. Because I really do think. Oh, go ahead, Alan. I really do think the best thing. I, I do. I thought. I, I'm sorry. I cut out there for a second. Um, I, I really do think the best thing is to have a balanced attack rather than one guy really just carrying the load. Because I think this team is really is really talented, and, and you've got to spread that ball out a little bit, um, and even let a guy like Jaden McDaniels uh, get his touches. There are going to be some nights for him where he really shines. Derek, why were you nodding when Alan was talking about D'Angelo Russell and good decisions? I think he's the key. I, I, I just think, you know, because he can be so up and down, and when he's good, he is good, and when he's bad, he's really bad. There's not much in between. You know, we saw, you mentioned McLaughlin, how integral he was, you know, towards, they kind of kept him in that Memphis series because, you know, I thought Russell at times just disappeared and he kind of became, I mean, he just has to understand he needs a quarterback this thing. He doesn't need to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, uh, he did not have a good series by his own admission in that, in that Memphis series. Carl Anthony Towns, quite frankly, didn't have a great series against Memphis. Um, got himself in foul difficulty, also that play-in game against the Clippers. But uh, you're right, the, the 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 point guard is the de facto coach on the floor, right? And and I think D'Lo is in a contract year. He's got something to play for. Um, the last time he was in a contract year was his final season in Brooklyn, and he put up career numbers. Um, and I and I think he's in a really good place, not just because of the contact contract year, but I think just coming into another season, uh, he's comfortable here in Minnesota. He knows the system. He knows the coach. He knows most of the players that he played with last season. He saw the success that they had. He knows it didn't end well for him. He's looking to make up for that. He He's just kind of been a different guy at training camp this year. He's really been dialed in. I think he's as excited as we've seen him during his time here with the Timberwolves. Last one for you, Adam. We'll let you get uh, get going and continue to over-prepare and drink tea as yeah, you right. get set for your call tonight. <laughs> the uh, Chris Finch. You know, we see you know you know Phil Jackson, North Dakota uh, guy. When he has Michael and Scotty and, and every, you know, Michael kind of that leader on the floor. Even when you watch Steve Kerr uh, casually sit back, yeah, he's coaching, but he knows he's got boys on the floor. Certainly, voices like mm-hmm. like Steph and whatever. Uh, what's the dynamic with the Timberwolves, from your opinion and, and from your chair? Is Finch the uh, de facto just coach? What I say goes, or is there a confidence in a player on the floor to to be his uh, voice on the floor? Well, I think as a to be a successful coach, you've got to put people in a position to succeed and give them confidence to star in their role. Coaches always talk about, hey, we want you to star in your role. Well, you have to have confidence in your guys to do that. Um, and I, I think you really started to see it click last year in January. Timberwolves started the year 16 and 20. They went 30 and 16 since January the 3rd, had number one offense in the NBA over that pretty good stretch, January, February, March. 
half of April. Um, and I think Chris Finch was the biggest reason for that turnaround in putting guys in a position to, to, to succeed. And I think you have to be able to connect with your star players. And I think he's done that with D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns. I, I, I honestly wouldn't feel as good about the Gobert trade if I didn't have as much faith as I do in Chris Finch to make it work. Because I think in, in, a, in a different type of coach, um, who maybe doesn't have that relationship with players um, and that trust. Um, you know, Chris Finch keeps things very simple. Um, it's it's really refreshing as a head. He's just a reg. He, he feels like a regular guy. If you're a fan and you see him on the street outside of Target Center, you can go up to him. He's approachable. He's friendly. Um, he'll sit down. You know, he'll, he's not afraid to sit down and have a beer with you. Uh, but he know he also has a great confidence and knowledge base of coaching in Europe, coaching in the G League, being in the NBA for 10 years before getting a chance as head coach in Minnesota. So it's, um, I, I have a great amount of faith that, you know, even though, though the Gobert-Towns pairing, we didn't see it a lot in the preseason, only that final game, and it didn't look particularly great. I think it's going to be a work in progress, but I think um, I, I think I know it's going to work out because of Chris Finch. I think he's just, I think this is something he wanted. Um, I think it's, I think he can see the end game of where it's going to end up with these guys together on the floor. Yeah, it's, it, it certainly seems to be the perception for those of us that that have that don't interact with him uh, as you do. That's that's great to hear, Alan. You're the best man. Go out there and, and have some fun tonight. We know you will. We'll got you on here in the in the Red River Valley and across the region. Uh, good luck to the Wolves, and I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Thanks for the time today, Alan. Absolutely, Jack. Whenever you guys need it, just remember it's all ball bearings these days. It's, it's the story is Provo. You want to go to Provo. <laughs> You go. <laughs> You're the, Come thanks. on, Jack. I'll buy you some new deodorant. We're going to Utah soon. I'll buy you some new deodorant. <laughs> it's all ball bearings, Alan Horton. Uh, you're the man, buddy. Thanks, bud. See ya. Alan Horton. That's a Fletch reference for those that don't yeah. know. The story is Provo. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. JG would be like, yeah, yeah. another 80s movie yeah, reference. For... I'm glad I finally found a guy that's stuck in the 80s, too. Yes. Uh, Alan Horton, our man. The story is Provo. Get him a plane ticket, Larry. Uh, thank you, Mark Johnson. Joining us today, Alan Horton, the Wolves tonight. Derek on KFGO 630, correct? Pre-game? Yes, right after Hennessy on Hockey. So. Brad, you've got a football game. Holly and Barnesville. Holly and Barnesville. Holy cow. That will be fun. Katie, bar the door, 643, 7 o'clock or so, the first kick I'll be tonight. there eventually. On 7 yep. You've already got your purple on today. Uh-huh. With all due respect to Holly, but Derek's a Barnesville guy. Well, people know. I think this is not yeah, a this big This isn't new news. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Peter Nats is even offended by that. So. <laughs> He'd, he'd, he'd wonder why if you yeah, weren't. Yeah, right, what is right. wrong with oh, you? What happened? What did they do like, to you? If you were wearing like nugget pants, that'd be a whole yeah. different story. Yeah, the cl- closest I get is any gopher gear. That's about it. The uh, common man is coming up next. We'll do it again tomorrow at each uh, day at noon right here the Jack Michael Show. Brad Derrick and 740 The Fan.